0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Four Verticals podcast. I am your host Maurice Phipps, and this episode is being recorded on Wednesday, September fifteenth, two thousand and twenty-one. Now, before I get into the news that probably you all are expecting me to get into, we're going to cover some. We're going to cover some uh, some other things first because I want to save that news for last because holy shit, it is uh, a lot. Um, so with that, uh, we got a bunch of news to get into regardless. So let's get into it. Let's start off with a little bit of college football action. Now, previously last week, uh, if I can pull up the top 25, actually, I don't think I need to pull up the top 25. The top 25 last week was, I believe it was Alabama, Georgia. I think Oklahoma was still in the top 25 and it was, so it was, Alabama number one, Georgia number two It was Ohio State number three And then it was Oklahoma number four Right So, previously ranked Number twelve, Oregon Upsets number three, previously ranked Number three, Ohio State And uh, so Oregon Actually took the number four overall Spot in the process and Ohio State Slid to number nine So basically the national title hopes for Ohio State are are, are over uh, I don't think that it, even with a, a perfect record from here on out, I don't think the, the the AP Top 25 is going to respect them on the on the ranking just because of a loss to a number 12 seed. So uh, yeah, unfortunate for Ohio State, but shout out to Oregon for pulling off the upset. Uh, more news: Previously ranked number five, Texas and struggles heavily to beat an unranked Colorado. They slide to number seven in the Top 25. Um, I was actually at work when this game took place. And of course, me, um, I got to keep up to date on these things because this is what I would c- consider a, a secondary job to me. So I'm, I'm keeping up. And Colorado was actually leading, leading for majority of this game, uh, seven to three. Texas A&M didn't actually score uh, their their final touchdown. The the, the 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 final score was ten to seven. Texas A&M didn't score their final touchdown until uh, the the fourth quarter, so they damn they're damn near lost this this game. Uh, so yeah, very unfortunate for uh, number number five Texas A&M. In my opinion, sliding to number seven is a little. It's it's a it's a it. I, I I don't think they should be in the top ten by by barely beating an unranked Colorado. But uh, you know, basically their their national title hopes are. are are cooked as well unless they, like, have, like, Alabama or Georgia in their future schedule, but I don't know. Um, In more upsets, the unranked, the previously unranked uh, Stanford beats number 14, USC. USC has been bounced out of the top 25 because of this. uh, Previously unranked Arkansas uh, defeats number 15, Texas. Texas has been bounced out of the top 25. And previously unranked, BYU uh, defeated number 21, Utah. Utah has been bounced out of the top 25, and BYU is now taking the number three, 23 spot. Excuse me. Um, I can't say I'm too surprised by any of those losses. Maybe, maybe a little bit by the USC loss because, you know, we tend to think of, uh, anywhere from the top ten to top fifteen range, that those are definitely the upper echelon teams in uh, college football right now. So to see one of them lose to an unranked opponent is is is, is very uh, you know, I don't want to say uncommon because this is college sports. Um, a lot of a lot of stuff happens a lot uh, all of the time. Upsets happen all the time, but um, you know, just not something that you would expect for uh, for this to happen, especially with uh, with a storied program like USC. Um, as well as Texas, even though they've had their fair share of struggles recently. And our final upset of last week, uh, FCS team Jacksonville State defeats Florida State uh, after a last-second touchdown. Um, so I watched. I watched this clip. Um, this clip is absolutely uh, great <laughs> in more than one way. Um, you know, with, with the, the the Jacksonville State quarterback, he, he he throws it up to his receiver. Um, forgive me for not knowing their names. Um, and then you know you just see these two Florida State players, and you think, oh well, this is uh, I don't know if it was going to overtime or they would have lost, but you think, well, all oh, this game's over. And then a blocker comes out of nowhere, and he just moves. He just moves these these two players out of the way with his feet. And just walks into the touchdown. It was it was a great play. Um, shout out to Jacksonville State for pulling off that upset. That means Florida State is 0-2 after two uh, two weeks in a row of, of heartbreak losses. So, got a feel for them. In college football, notable games this week include number one Alabama against number 11 Florida. Number 10 Penn State against number 22 Auburn. And number 19, Arizona State against number 23, BYU. Speaking of BYU, speaking of BYU, um, the Big 12 will be accepting Cincinnati, Houston, uh, UCF, and BYU uh, in the future. BYU is set to join the Big 12 in the during the 2023-24 season. And the other programs that I mentioned are joining no less than July 1st, 2024, but are likely to join sooner. So this is the second one of these conference you know shakeups that we've seen um, starting with the the SEC. Who did they include? They included what? what was it was it Texas, Oklahoma? It might have just been Texas and Oklahoma that they uh, they added. Um, actually, let me look back at my show let me look back at my show notes from previous. Because I, I know I had it in there somewhere. Where is it? Where is it? Uh, if I could find it. Can I find it? I don't know if I can find it. Okay, okay, okay. Um, no. This is, well, okay, so what I did find was uh, the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 Alliance. That's a similar thing, even though it's not directly, you know, uh, teams moving conferences and, and, and stuff like that But, you know, we, we are beginning to see um, Some of these, these conferences are really, you know Changing up the way the, the, their makeup And uh, in my lifetime, at least I haven't seen uh, these conferences disappear And, you know, grow as they have previously um, Obviously, um, all of these conferences Have not existed for uh, a long time Or not not for a long time. All of these conferences haven't existed forever, Um, but they've. I want to say majority of them have existed for my entire lifetime, or at least when I was, uh, you know, capable of of comprehending what what a conference was. I remember when I used to see college football, right. I remember when I when I used to uh, watch ESPN and I used to see the scores at the at the bottom. Uh, you you know how ESPN is where, where they show the scores of, of games and stuff like that in upcoming games. Um, I would always get confused when I saw the number next to uh, some teams and and why every team didn't have it. Um, of course, that I know now that's the, the Associated Press Top Twenty Five ranking. Um, but yeah, it just it's just. Uh, Interesting to see that this uh, the, these shakeups are more, at least more than one is is set to happen uh, in my lifetime, which is very cool. Um, so I wouldn't expect this to be the last one of these these uh, rost these conference shakeups. Um, you know, might might get some some more uh, teams in the ACC. I'm sure more teams would like to join the SEC, uh, stuff like that. So I guess congratulations to Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and BYU. Um, Yeah, congratulations to them. So that's it this week for the college football section. Um, (laughs) Before we get to week one, because I know that's obviously that is, you know, what's that that's what's happened. You know, week week one is the news for this week. Um, we do have a, a, a little bit of basketball news. So um, it's being reported that the Rockets and John Wall are both to work to to work on moving John Wall out of Houston uh, without a buyout. So basically, um, John, it's it's being reported that John Wall will not play for the Rockets this season, and uh, basically, the, both both parties are working on a trade. Now, um, I think John Wall is still a a very good NBA player. Um, I think he averaged, like, either 19 or 20 a game coming off of his back-to-back injuries, which, you know, sidelined him for the better part of, I think, two years. We hadn't seen John Wall in two years. Um, John Wall's a a, a good player. John Wall's a very good NBA player. At this point in his career, his trade value is – I would say close to zero. Um, now, why would why would I say that? John Wall is an athletic point guard. He can who can uh, get to the rim, draw draw a lot of contact. He can he can finish extremely well. Stuff like that. John Wall's contract. And let's let's talk about this current year. I don't want to get to next year, right? This year, John Wall is set to make forty four million dollars if you didn't hear me he is set to make 44 million dollars <throat> if I look at the highest paid NBA players right if I, if I just if I just look at the the list um, I'm, I'm pulling this up on the fly too right so this is being reported by the the NBA uh, this article was published on uh, what is that? Is that August 3rd? August 3rd, right? Steph Curry is set to be the, the highest paid player in the NBA this season with $45 million. <clears throat> number three, Russell Westbrook with $44 million. Number four, James Harden with $43 million. Uh You want to know who's number two? John Wall is number two. He is set to make $44 million this season, making him the second highest paid player in the NBA. Now, obviously I'm not going to say anything about whether I think he deserves this money or not. If you know me, you know that I'm all for players being players being overpaid. But when you are overpaid like that and I don't think it's a hot take to say that John Wall is overpaid because, you know, at this point in his career, we'll know. At the point in his career when he signed the contract, you know, it was a it was a good deal for him and it was a good deal for the Wizards because John Wall was absolutely phenomenal, right? At this point in time, John Wall is massively overpaid for the production that he's putting out, and I don't have any problem with it. These NBA teams make billions of dollars off these players, so um, every once in a while, a, a player being overpaid—that's you know I don't I don't give a damn about that. It's not coming out of my pocket. I'm not paying them. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I don't know who the Rockets think that they're gonna try and fool. Uh, with this big ass contract especially so the thing is I'm not I'm not against the move for them to try and move John Wall somewhere right but you can't do that without a buyout John Wall if if you really want John Wall off your roster and John Wall really wants to go somewhere else a buyout has to be in talks because you cannot trade you, you can't trade him I don't I don't know a single team in the NBA that would be willing to take on a $44 million cap hit for a John Wall who's coming off of two what would have been career ending injuries 20 years ago. He's clearly not as explosive as he once was. He's not as fast as he once was. He's not as, he he can't finish like he once was like he was was once was able to. He's still a great player. Don't get me wrong. John Wall is still a phenomenal player. Um and I do think that he uh he can be a starting point guard on a f- maybe a few teams in this league, but when you when you look at the big picture, John wall being paid 44 million to average 20 points a game and I think what maybe maybe five assists I don't maybe five assists. I don't think that it, it, it's just it's just not worth it. In my opinion, it's just not worth it. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't know how they're gonna even come into. I, it, it just doesn't. It, it doesn't line up. First off, they'd have to find a a potential suitor for a contract as big as John Wall's, right? They'd have to find a team interested in a what? How how old is John Wall? I believe he's. Hold on, Let me How old is John Wall? Uh, he they'd have to be interested in a 31 year old point guard who is just coming off of t- uh two basically two and a half years of of not playing, right? Um. I, I'm, when I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at this. I'm, I'm trying to look at this from a non-biased perspective in the, in this in a sense that. I want John Wall to go somewhere where he's you know wanted and where he uh, can play to the best of his ability, right? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing. Excuse me. There's nothing wrong with you know recognizing your talent and wanting to play for an organization who who actually can use you and utilize your strengths. The Rockets can't utilize John Wall's strengths right now. Why can't they utilize their strengths? Because they're rebuilding. And John Wall already had to sit through what is this, nine years of a Wizards rebuild? You know, and 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 the Wizards still didn't couldn't get shit done. Obviously, John Wall is not willing be willing to sit through another rebuild, especially at 31 years of age. Think about it. He doesn't have that much time left in the NBA, if we're being completely honest. He doesn't. He just, he just doesn't. Right? So, John Wall obviously would not be willing to sit through another uh, tedious rebuild. Right? But when you look at it, it's just the numbers are just too there this contract is too stacked heavily in John Wall's favor for um for for any team to even look at this and 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 give it a second thought about wanting John Wall on their team the, the answer would be no 100% of the time i don't i don't i don't know how any team would even fit John Wall into their salary cap without you know going over um, so yeah if the rockets really want to get rid of John Wall and John Wall really wants to uh, go to a team that can best su- better suit his needs um, the a, a buyout's going to have to happen there I don't I can go down all 30 teams in the NBA and I I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be able to find one that would uh, be able to take on this, this massive John Wall contract. And, you know, an interesting thing is, right. It's always so interesting to see these contracts and like, like where does John, what does John Wall sign after signing a contract like this? If I, if, if I bring up the contract, I think at the beginning of it, he was being paid like 38 and then like 39 then two years he had to sit out. He was being paid like forty and forty one, right? So I think his contract average was like forty three million a year, right? A, a, a very large sum of money. What is what is John Wall sign after signing a forty three million dollar a year contract after coming off of two injuries that severely dampen his playing ability? He's clearly not as he he. It's obvious that he's lost a step. He hasn't lost much of a step. He's still very good, but um, it, it's clear that he's lost a step. So would he be would he be taking a veteran minimum? I don't think so. I think he's better than a veteran minimum. Would he take something similar to what Derrick Rose has? Uh, I don't know because Derrick Rose, you know, him him coming off of all of his injuries. He's proven to be, you know, very, very capable in the situ- in, in very many situations that he's been put in ever since he left the Bulls. Uh, Where did he go after? The, he? From the Bulls, he went to the Knicks. From the Knicks, he went to the Timberwolves. From the Timberwolves, he went to the Cavs. From the Cavs, he went to the, the Pistons. From the Pistons, he went back to the Knicks, right? And... I want to say all of the in in all of those except for the Cavs because he was injured when he played for the Cavs. He was a a, a, a very a, a very solid contributor coming off the bench. I think he was coming off the bench for all of those, right? John Wall, he start he's he's still I think he was starting. I'm pretty sure he was starting. He's starting, but like, where would offenses or not not where would teams feel comfortable putting him price range wise? Like obviously he's not going to get another 40 million dollar a year contract. That's just not going to happen, right? Would he get like 15 a year? Would he get 20 a year? Would he would he sign for a veteran minimum for like 2.3? I don't know. I don't know. Um but yeah. Uh <laughs> This Rockets organization is absolutely insane if they think that anybody's going to trade for John Wall. And hey, what do I know? A team could be stupid and trade uh, for John wall a, a team could a team could absolutely do it but it doesn't make any logical sense and it, it just it's it's not it would not be a good move for them they'd be doing the Rockets such a favor by taking uh, John wall this this massive cap hit and uh, basically uh, allowing the re- their rebuild to 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 start proper right. All this talk about contracts. I gotta mention it. Aaron Gordon has officially signed a four-year, ninety-seven million-dollar contract. Um, there was discourse on Twitter about whether this was an overpay or not, right? I'm gonna say it right now. Yes, this was an overpay. Aaron Gordon, um, four years, ninety-seven million. In my opinion, he's being overpaid, right? Shout out to his yo. Shout out to his agent. Uh, I believe his agent is Rich Paul Rich Paul Shout out to you You are That, that man Rich Paul knows exactly what the hell he's doing You know what I'm saying um, But $97 million a year for four years Correct uh, That's yes that's an overpay But I think it's a necessary overpay In this in In, in this market In this NBA market You know we saw uh, Duncan Robinson get I believe a five year 90 million dollar contract that's not too far off of what this Aaron Gordon contract is if I can if I do the math in my head what is it five divided by 90 that's what 19 a year yeah that, that's I think that's nine. that's 19 million a year um four years 97 million that's close to I believe 22 and a half something like that. 21 and a half something like that. So the disparity isn't too big. Aaron Gordon's being paid, I believe, it's what something in the range of 2 million more. Um obviously when you condense the numbers it looks like wow, this looks crazy like that's a lot of money. And where is this where is this money coming from? Do they have the cap space? Um at this point, you know, $20 million is the new $10 million. You know, um, role players are getting paid more. Star players are getting paid more. Bench players are getting paid more. Everyone's getting paid more. And look, like I said, I am all for it. Right? These NBA teams make billions of dollars yearly. So, I'm not against any NBA player being, quote, overpaid. Which... The term overpaid isn't used correctly because technically speaking, all of these players are underpaid when you get to how much money, is, how much money is being made off of ticket sales and merchandise sales and the television deals and video games and um, events and, you know, uh, social media and and, uh, and all of that and and their names and you know the, the the brand and stuff like that. They're they're technically being underpaid, right? Technically, and I, and I, when when I say that, you you know what I mean. My audience isn't stupid. You know what I mean when I say they're technically being underpaid, even though they're making uh, more money than I'll probably ever see in my life. You know what? No, I'm gonna knock on wood for that. I don't want to put that energy out there. Hopefully, I see money like that in my life. What what was I talking about? Um, But you know what I mean, like when I say that these players are technically being overpaid. um, But honestly, this overpay is a necessary overpay because if he didn't get it from this team, he definitely would have got it. Excuse me. Hmm, Excuse me. I woke up late uh, today. I almost didn't get to record this episode. Um, But if he didn't get it from this team, he would have definitely gotten it from some other team who would have been willing to shut out uh, probably more money. So congratulations to Mr. Aaron Gordon. Um, He's found his spot with the Denver Nuggets. He has found his groove, and, you know, he just signed a basically $100 million contract. Um, And the the beauty of NBA contracts is that under most circumstances, they're almost 100% guaranteed. So you you love you love to see it, you love to see it. More than likely, Aaron Gordon's going to get all of that 97 million that he signed on the contract for. Unfortunately, you know, players in the uh, NFL can't say the same. I wish if they were able to say the same. I really wish the NFL players were able to say the same. Like imagine if Patrick Mahomes got to see all of that 500 million that he signed on the on the contract on, on the dotted line for. that would be uh, fantastic. But that's a story for um, another time. Now, probably the biggest news besides week one is um, the Basketball Hall of Fame, you know, the excuse me, uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame's most recent class was inducted over the weekend. Right. So. Here are the members that were inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame as a part of the class of 2021. Those members were, if I could pull it up. Why does it? Why does it always take me so much time to pull this shit up? I gotta get better at this. Um, <laughs> the 2021 Basketball Hall of Fame's class includes Chris Bosh, Paul Pierce. Uh, Chris Webber, Ben Wallace, WNBA star, uh, WNBA legends, Lauren Jackson, Yolanda Griffith, uh, Bill Russell. Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? I don't want a Tony Kukoc. Uh, I said, you I said Lauren Jackson already. Bill Russell has a coach, uh, actually. Uh, coach Jay Wright, Villanova coach Jay Wright, former Villanova coach Jay Wright. Rick Edelman. And... Um, some other inductees are Val Ackerman, Bob Dandrich, Cotton Fitzsimmons, Howard Garfinkel, Clarence Je- Clarence Fat Jenkins, and Pearl Moore. So, congratulations to all of the uh, 2021 uh, cl- class of 2021 um, basketball Hall of Famers. Definitely, definitely a lifetime achievement that not a lot of people. Will get to experience in their life Uh, These 16 You know members were Able to achieve Such greatness so um, I I felt like I would be doing a Disservice if I didn't Include you know at least a Little bit of a topic um, Regarding these Fine uh, Men and women and their contributions To the game of basketball So With that out the way we got college football and we got nba what's left what's left what's left what's left i'll tell you what's left nfl the 2021 22 season week 1 god damn it this was a fantastic week for football i could not have i could not have uh drawn up a better week 1 in my head right so what did we have to start off week one? We had the we had the Dallas Cowboys taking a trip all the way to Tampa Bay to play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Now, um, fortunately, I didn't have work, so I was able to watch this game in its entirety. Um, this was a very good opening game. You know, it, it had good offensive moments. It had you know some defensive excitement. Um, Tom Brady did Tom Brady things. Uh, Dak Prescott looked fantastic in his in his comeback game um, a little bit a little a little worried on the arm strength. Um, you know him dealing with that that shoulder injury want to make sure his his shoulder is definitely fully healthy. Um, but this was a, a, a just a, a, a very good game to, to start off the 2021 season uh, well, 2021 22 season technically. Um, but yeah, it was, it was it was a good game. Uh, A little bit of ref antics at the end. In my opinion, I would have called that offensive uh, pass interference on... Wait, was it offensive or was it defense? No, no, no. Yeah, in my opinion, I would have called offensive pass interference on um, Chris Godwin. And I I believe it was the last catch that um, the Buccaneers made before they kicked a field goal to, to win the game or something like that. I don't remember exactly how it played out, but I know that um, it was it was, it was was a little bit of a dispute regarding um, whether that was offensive pass interference or not. Um, I'm not mad at it not being called offensive pass interference. I personally probably would have. But then again, I'm not an NFL ref, so what the hell does my opinion matter, right? Um, key takeaways from this game, key takeaways from this game, CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb played great. Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper, absolutely dashed this Buccaneers defense. Uh, there were some key injuries, uh, including Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, I believe that he either dislocated or broke a a, a bone in, in his in his arm. So, hopefully, praying for a speedy recovery from him and and a full full recovery at that. Um, Lael Collins was suspended. Um, that is a member of the Cowboys' O line, so their O line is still not in, you know, taking its full shape that that we know that they're capable of taking. Um, but yeah, I don't have anything else to say about uh, that that game. It was it was a good game, um, very good game on both sides. Uh, I definitely thought felt like the Cowboys had much better a much better chance than I had gave them or and probably a lot of other people too um so yeah if uh hopefully Dallas can keep this up and not you know fall off at the middle of the season slash end of the season um uh, oh my goodness I thought I got enough sleep maybe I didn't but yeah um. So congratulations to the Defending Champs for starting off 1-0. Now, let's get into Sunday, Sunday's game, Sunday's game, Sunday's games. I'm not going to um, go through them in order just because I didn't actually write down every single game and, like, what happened. I couldn't – obviously, I couldn't watch all the games. Um, and I was also at work for – majority of these games, although I was able to watch the Browns Chiefs game and the Packers Saints game. Um, Side note, before I get into uh, Sunday Night Football, did you guys know that Yahoo, Yahoo Sports, right? Yahoo Sports showed the entirety of the Browns Chiefs game, as well as the Packers and Saints game, as well as the Bears and Rams game. They showed they showed them all, and they showed them all within the app. I was literally I opened the Yahoo Mail app because I got an app like, and a, a notification, right? And I was able to watch the entire game while I was at work. That's, that, that's amazing. So, shout out to Yahoo Sports. Thank you for whatever you guys did, however you got the licensing for that. Um, Shout out to y'all because um, I'm very glad that I did not miss that Browns-Chiefs game. Uh, But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Let's talk. um, No, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that for last, right? So let's talk about some of these games, right? Week one NFL schedule. Um, Actually, let me go through this list, right? I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna go through from from what I see on on Google because I have them ri- written down, but I feel like I'm gonna lose leave some things out, right? Seahawks Colts. So uh, the Seahawks beat the Colts 28 to 16. Not very much of a surprise there. What was a surprise was how well Carson Wentz played. My boy Carson Wentz is back, and he's putting you motherfuckers on notice. I've been a Carson Wentz supporter for. The past, like, three years, Carson Wentz is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. And, damn it, he is back. Now, I, I might be getting a little bit ahead of myself, right? Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I, my, my man Carson Wentz did well. Um, even after him his replacement being drafted, you know, while he was still there, um, even after all the injuries, Everything that's happened, the playoff losses and all of that. My man Carson Wentz showed up, had a very good game. You know, 251 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. 20, 25 of 38. He was pretty accurate with the ball. Um, so yeah, that's I'm, I'm I'm very I'm very happy for Carson Wentz and his you know return to football. Even though they did lose because uh, this Seahawks offense is absolutely great you know Russell Wilson throwing four touchdowns in 23 attempts that's that's insane and then you can always count on Tyler Lockett to give you uh one of these games he had four receptions for 100 yards and two touchdowns like you you there 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 are a few constants every NFL season right um one constant is Tom Brady's going to win no matter what right that's a constant and we've all Uh, bared witness to that numerous times, right? Another one is – what's another one? Oh, um, the Chiefs are going to make a comeback. Just expect that now. We've had to deal with that for the past three years, right? So expect that. And um, Tyler Lockett is absolutely going to show out at least one week in the season. He's going to catch multiple touchdowns. Tyler Lockett is – Dare I say like a top 15 wide receiver like he always shows up he he's he consistently he consistently shows up um just he, he he's he's just he's just good like he's coming off back-to-back 1000-yard seasons um in 2018 he had nearly a thousand so like yeah man Tyler Lockett bro like I don't I don't know what else I I can say. Like, this this Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett connection is always going to be there no matter what. I I just – I don't know. Oh, and another constant is Russell Wilson starting off the season um, hot as grease. So, yeah, that's that's something that you can always count on. Um, Next game, next game, Jaguars-Texans. Now, this was a game, right, this Jaguars-Texans game. The Texans put up thirty-seven points on the Jaguars. Now, while they, it, it is the Jaguars, right, their defense is, is not good, but Tyrod Taylor played pretty damn well. Threw for two touchdowns, two hundred ninety-one yards. Um, their rushing game was 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 really good. Mark Ingram scored a touchdown. Phillip Lindsey scored a touchdown. Um, you know, they, they 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 just got it done. They got it done. But the story for this game, we don't give a damn about the Texans right now, at least. Trevor Lawrence throws for three touchdowns and three picks. Welcome to the NFL, Trevor Lawrence. Welcome to the NFL. Welcome to your first ever regular season loss ever in any form of football, right? I think a big takeaway from this game is Trevor Lawrence threw the ball 51 times. Let me repeat that. Trevor Lawrence threw the ball fifty-one times. Now, I don't. If I'm the Jaguars, right, and if I'm Urban Meyer, I don't know what in God's name possessed me to have my rookie quarterback, number one overall pick, who has all the pressure on him in the world, to throw fifty-one times. But that's just not. No, that's no. That that can't happen. It cannot happen. It can't happen, and honestly, I'm not. The three picks, obviously, is like, whoa, he threw three picks. Um, but honestly, I can't blame that all on him because why is your quarterback dropping back to throw 51 times? There were a total of 9, 10, 15, 15, what looks to be 16 rushing attempts, period. No. I, I'm sorry, Urban Meyer, whoever the Jaguars' offensive coordinator is, you can't – like, like what are you doing? James Robinson's coming off of a 1,000-yard season. The Texans have a poor – a piss-poor defense, and you choose to have your rookie quarterback throw 51 times. I don't understand what exactly was going through their mind, and I don't know why it shook out the way it did, but that can't happen again. Um so I don't yeah just no let's not. Um the Chargers beat the Washington football team 20 to 16. Justin Herbert played fine. Uh he also threw a lot. I don't know why why are these why are these teams making their quarterbacks throw so much? He threw 50 he threw 47 times, damn near 50 times, right? Crazy. Um unfortunately for the Washington football team, Ryan Fitzpatrick did suffer an injury, and Taylor Heineke had to come in and replace him. Uh, but good news for West Western football team. Taylor Heineke, he played pretty damn well in the, uh, you know, in the, in the limited amount of, of snaps he was well, – not not snaps. In the limited amount of passes he was given. He was getting given uh, 15 pass plays, complete 11 of them, 102 yards, and a touchdown. So pretty damn good from Taylor Heineke considering the circumstances. Um. Nah, do I want to reveal that yet? I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna. I was gonna reveal a segment that is gonna, you know, I'm I'm gonna have every week on this, uh, this the, the the podcast. But uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna save it until it comes up. Right, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles absolutely stomp a hole in the Falcons, thirty-two to six. Right, Jalen Hurts. I was told that Jalen Hurts was a bad quarterback. Right. Obviously, I didn't believe those idiots because you can't judge a rookie quarterback based off of what four games he played at the at the end of the, the tail end of the season, right? At, at, obviously, that's just not fair. Um, but Jalen Hurts had a combined 300-plus yards of offense through him alone, right? He threw for 264 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Devontae Smith had a good game. He caught six Receptions uh, for 71 yards and a touchdown. They got Dallas gutter involved. Jalen Rager got involved. This uh, Eagles offense was absolutely rolling. Um, again, it's against a defense of the the Falcons level, so not a very good one. Um, but good to see that you know the the Hurts and the Hurts and Devonte Smith connection is is there. Um, Cal Pitts, Cal Pitts, Cal Pitts. He didn't play very, you know, he, he played all right, I guess. Um, at the end of the day, Kyle Pitts is a tight end. So I don't exactly know what everyone was expecting this first game. I, I guess they thought that he was going to go for 100 yards, two touchdowns, shit like that. I don't know. No, 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 no. Calm down. He's a tight end that he has to uh, ease himself into this Falcons offense before they just start chucking it up to him like he's Darren Waller. And we'll get to Darren Waller. We will get to Darren Waller. Uh, Steelers-Bills. Steelers-Bills. This game I actually watched while I was at Domino's. Like, so, so for you guys that don't know, I, I delivered for Domino's. Um, this game was the one I turned on because it was a local game, and it was probably the best one I could have watched, right? So... Um, I got to witness this game. Um, the Steelers upset the Bills twenty-three to sixteen with a massive seventeen-point fourth quarter, right? Uh, I want to say Josh Allen played fine. I mean, he, he he played all right, I guess. Um, definitely didn't blow the lid off of the. What's the saying? I don't know. <laughs> he definitely didn't um, come out as hot as he did week one last year. Um, but I think that's, a, you know, a little bit unfair to compare a potential, a, a MVP caliber season, you know, to this season. He outplayed big Ben. Um, again, if I think Ben Roethlisberger, um, needs to retire. That's me. I don't think he has it anymore. I think he needs to give it up to whoever the next guy is for this Steelers organization. But yeah, um, This was a defensive battle. Pittsburgh held Buffalo to, you know, 16 points. Um, Buffalo was doing great defensively Um, basically the entire game. The fourth quarter kind of is misleading in a way because the Steelers got a punt block touchdown, which led to an obvious seven points. Um, So that's very unfortunate for the Bills. I definitely saw them winning this game. But, hey, shit happens. They got to move on to next week. Not very much more, I have to say, on that game. Uh, 49ers, Lions, after nearly choking away what was, I believe, a 41 to like 8 lead, um, you know, they, they hold on to win. Uh, Jimmy G played the majority of the snaps. He threw for 314 yards on a touchdown. Um, pretty good at a Jimmy G, if I may say so myself. Jared Goff threw the ball 57 times, had 338 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, I'd say that's pretty damn good against against this San Francisco defense. They're 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 a very good defense. Um, Eli Mitchell rushed for 104 yards on 19 carries and had a touchdown. He plays for the 49ers. Um, I didn't get to watch this game. Didn't necessarily care about it because I just assumed that the 49ers were going to handle business and they did. Even though they nearly choked away the the win at the end. All right, not very much I have to say about that. Here, though one of two overtime games that we're going to discuss this week. Kirk Cousins throws for 351 yards and two touchdowns while leading the Vikings to overtime with the Cincinnati Bengals. Unfortunately for the Vikings, the Bengals take it in overtime. Joe Burrow played uh, a really good game just looking just looking straight at the stats. Obviously, I can't look I can't watch all of these games. This happened while I was at work and I couldn't watch the game anyway, right? Because it was on at the same time as the Steelers and Bills game, um, Joe Burrow again he he threw for ah I can't speak two hundred sixty one yards two touchdowns um, on twenty seven attempts he completed twenty of them very 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 good from him Jamar Chase had his first hundred yard receiving game on five receptions he also caught a touchdown so great for him Joe Mixon played very well twenty nine carries one hundred twenty seven yards and a touchdown. Um, yeah, pretty damn good. Uh, the Vikings' rushing attack wasn't all that great. Dalvin Cook uh, only had 61 yards. He did score a touchdown though. But you know their 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 passing game was 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 hot. It was on fire. Uh, Adam Thielen caught nine receptions for 92 yards. Justin Jefferson five for 71. KJ Osborne seven for 67 or for 76. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, that was that was a very good game. I wish I could have caught that game though. I wish I could have caught that game. Um, In a game that I really didn't give a damn about, but I know a lot of people did, uh, the Carolina Panthers and Sam Donald exact revenge on the New York Jets. Um, Zach Wilson played all right. Sam Donald played all right. Christian McCaffrey did Christian McCaffrey things. Uh, Funny enough, right, he led their team in receiving yards and in receptions. That is hilarious. Um, it's not like they have bums as in and, and their you know in their receiving core. They have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, who's who's very good. Um, but yeah, not not very much I have to say about this game. I don't care about either of these two teams. Now, this though, I do care about this game. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals absolutely beat the dog shit out of the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans only put up thirteen points. Derrick Henry rushed for fifty-eight yards. Right, AJ Brown did his thing. He had four catches for forty-nine yards. Julio, I would have liked to see getting more involved in this offense. Three catches for uh, twenty-nine yards. Uh, now, before everyone overreacts, this I don't think this spells doom for the Tennessee Titans um, because this this Cardinals defense is well as we <laughs> as we'll see. Um, Chandler Jones had five sacks. Three in the first half. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, second-year player, um, he had a pick, um, the only pick caught in the game, the first interception of the season, might I add. And then Kyler Murray absolutely just torched the Titans in their terrible defense with four passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Uh, Hop he caught two touchdowns. Christian Kirk caught two touchdowns. It was just a bad game for the Tennessee Titans. Um And a bad game for one Taylor Luan Who got his ass handed to him By Chandler Jones Right So that was a pretty good game That I wish I could have watched uh, Excuse me Not a pretty good game A pretty good ass whoop That I wish I could have watched Right Um Where are we on time? This episode is 49 minutes long Yeah we should be good on time Um Browns Chiefs I watched this game Through and through Um so, the Browns have always no. I don't want to say always. Through the past two years, the Browns have had trouble closing out games. Right, we saw it with we saw it in this game. We saw it in the Steelers the the playoff game for the Steelers last year. Uh, we saw it in the Ravens game, which was I would have I gave a game match of the match of the the regular season. Right, they they they've they've struggled to close out their opponents. And it reared a tug head again because after a, what, 12-point lead, the Chiefs come back and they win again. Uh, Last-second heroics by, you know, their offense. Um, if I will say one thing, Baker played pretty good. He had 321 yards. Unfortunately, had one pick, no touchdowns. But this is a rushing team anyway. Um, notable um, omission from the... Notable omission from the Browns receiving core, Odell Beckham Jr. was a late scratch. He did not play in this game. Uh, But David Njoku, Jarvis Landry, and Anthony Schwartz definitely made up for it, all having pretty good games in their own right. Patrick Mahomes, unfortunately, just did Patrick Mahomes Mahomes things, throwing for 337 and three touchdowns uh, and rushing for a touchdown. What are you, you going to do? And of course, Tyreek Hill absolutely destroyed this Browns defense, who actually, I would say, held up better than I thought they would have. I definitely am a believer in this Browns defense now because it's hard to keep this Chiefs team uh, down for long. I don't think any team has been able to keep this Chiefs offense down for for an entire game, right? Um, But I was impressed by what I saw by the Browns' defense, especially in the first half when they held them to only 10 points. Um, Tyreek Hill had nearly 200 yards on 11 receptions. That guy's insane. Travis Kelsey scored two touchdowns. It's just not fair. (laughs) Um, In a game that I don't care very much about, Miami beat the Patriots 17-16. Uh, Mac played pretty good, I guess. Tua played all right, I guess. Don't care about this game. Moving on. In another game, I don't give a damn about. Uh, the Broncos beat the Giants. I would have expected so. Daniel Jones, I guess he played okay. Saquon was a non-factor. Unfortunately, hopefully we can get a little bit more production out of him next season because I would like to see him return to form. Uh, Melvin Gordon had a pretty good game. Rushed for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Teddy Bridgewater had a pretty good game too. Um, moving on. I'm going to save this game for second to last, right? So Bears-Rams, this was the primetime game Sunday night. Um, I would be totally fine, right, if I never witnessed another Bears game in primetime. I don't want to see the Bears play primetime. I don't. I'm sorry. I, I just don't. I, I. I don't like watching the Bears play football. This Bears team is... Too many, too many problems. Their own line is not good, right? Um, Andy Dalton, I guess he played fine. He threw a pick in the end zone, which very, very much so hurt them. Um, this Bears defense played I, what I want to say was solid football for majority of this game, but they kept allowing these big chunk plays that allowed that led into touchdowns. Um, and one touchdown that they allowed, uh, Eddie Jackson and someone someone else, right? So Matt, Matt Stafford threw like a 30-yard pass downfield to, I think it was Van Jefferson. I believe it was Van Jefferson. It was either Van Jefferson or Robert Woods, right? And he goes down, and the Bears just don't tag him down. They don't touch him. He he runs into the end zone after uh, flipping on on the turf. I don't get it. David Montgomery had a a very good game, rushed for an average of 6.8 yards per carry, 108 yards on 16 carries and a touchdown. But the biggest takeaway from this game is Matthew Stafford putting this league on notice. He lit this Bears defense up for 321 yards, three touchdowns on uh, 26 attempts and 20 completions. I'd say that's a pretty damn good debut game, if I may say so myself, against a defense as, you know, uh, reputable as this Bears. I'm not going to call them great anymore, especially after that showing. They just completely shit the bed. Um, But, yeah, shout out to Matt Stafford. In my opinion, he just put the league on notice. Um, Now... We're going to play – we're not going to play anything. <laughs> I'm going to introduce a segment that – I'm going to introduce two new segments. Uh, these segments are going to be called Ass Whooping of the Week and Match of the Week. Now, the title should be self-explanatory, but for you who are a little bit hard at comprehending, Ass Whooping of the Week is um is – I'm going to give this to a team who absolutely got their ass beat um, – you know, the worst out of any team did this week and match of the week. Obviously, I'm going to go to give to the best match of the week. So for the introductory week of ass whoop. The, uh, did I say that right? For the intro to ass whooping of the week, we're going to give this to drumroll, please. The Green Bay Packers <laughs> who got absolutely demolished. Thirty eight to three. Against, guess who, the Jameis Winston-led New Orleans Saints. Um, Aaron Rodgers is probably my favorite quarterback in the league, right? He did not play well against the Saints defense. He threw two picks, didn't even throw for over 150 yards, and had no touchdowns. This Green Bay offense was stale. They couldn't get anything done, um, and it, it was just not a good not a good look for for them, right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Why am I yawning so much? Excuse me. In comparison, the New Orleans Saints lit their ass up for five passing touchdowns by none other than Jameis Winston, who threw for, get this, 148 passing yards with five touchdowns. I don't think that's ever happened before, something like that, right? Um, Alva Camara had a pretty good game, you know uh, A notable scratch from this game Michael Thomas did not play or if he did play he didn't get any receptions Um, but yeah this this uh, this Saints defense absolutely Smothered the Packers and they couldn't get anything going so not a good start for the former MVP and his team, right? and now For match of the week, it's going to go to the Monday Night Football game where the Raiders win it in overtime against the Ravens. I got to watch this entire game, and oh my goodness, what a sequence at the end. Uh, For those of you who were not able to watch this game, right, let me just explain to you what exactly happened, okay? So the Ravens are leading, and this has been this is a pretty this is a I would say a pretty fairly good defensive game on both sides despite the score right The Bravens are leading and everything's good in the fourth quarter and then the Raiders tie it up right Neither team can get anything going in the fourth quarter so they go to overtime. The Raiders win the they win the coin flip right they immediately get a chunk play downfield and after that you know they 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 score and the game's over. Except they didn't score because he was down at the half yard line, so I'm thinking game's over. I got a text from my manager who's a Raiders fan. No, I'm I'm giving him shit for being a Raiders fan because he's he's a Raiders fan. I I want to give him shit, right? So we're thinking that this game is over, and the Raiders try to just punch it in with Derek Carr from the from from the half yard line. They get stuffed, right? So now it's third down, no, or it's the second down, whatever. No, no, no. It it is it's it's second down, right? And then their rookie offensive tackle gets a penalty. So they have to back up five yards. The next the next play is an incompletion. So now it's third down. And Derek Carr throws it, it goes off of a Ravens helmet, a Ravens player's helmet, into the hands of another Ravens player, and it's an interception and it's going the other way. Right? So at this point I'm thinking, Holy shit, this game was over. And now the Ravens are going to win, right? Ravens immediately get, I want to say, like a 25-yard reception to none other than either. No, it was, it was to Samuel Watkins, right? They get, they get a big reception. They needed that. And then all of a sudden, Carl Nassib. Carl Nassib happens. And the, and the Ravens O-line routinely let Lamar Jackson down this game. And it showed because Carl Nassib came off the edge on Lamar's blind side poked the ball out Raiders recover it Raiders recover the ball they're at like their their own fort they're at like the Ravens 40 right and then Derek Carr snaps the ball he's roll he's he's rolling back trying to escape the pressure he throws a heave to None other than – I want to get his name right. I want to get his name right. He throws a heave to none other than Zay Jones for like 40 – it was it was like, for like 30 yards, right? He's completely wide open. And the game's over. The game is over. Um, without a doubt, this is match of the week. This had me on the edge of my seat for the entire – basically the entire second half and I'm not a fan of either team I just really like Lamar Jackson um so yeah th- that was undoubtedly match of the week a, a fantastic match and a a, a fantastic start uh, to Monday Night Football games this season so that was basically my entire week 1 recap um hopefully I don't have hopefully I don't have this much to talk about for the rest of the weeks because I think I spent like 30 minutes on this topic. This episode's already an hour long now. And I still have another topic to go. So, how did the rookies and the second year quarterbacks do? This is going to be the last topic before uh, this episode's over, right? Trevor Lawrence, I give him a C. It's not entirely his fault that he threw three picks because why are you having your quarterback throw, your rookie quarterback throw 51 times in a game when you have. I would say somewhat of a semblance of a rushing attack. I don't know, but I'm going to give him a C because he did make up for those three picks with three touchdowns. Somewhat. You can't really make up for picks, um, but, you know, he did his best. For Justin Herbert, I'm going to give him B. Um, Played a pretty solid game. Didn't wow me too much, but didn't play bad at all. Um, for Tua, I'm gonna give him a B minus. He played all right, I guess. Actually, no. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him a C now. Um, to be honest, I just I didn't, I didn't care about this game. Uh, Mac, I'm gonna give him a B plus. He got the win, that's why he gets a B plus. Um, for Zach Wilson, I'm gonna give him a B. This Panthers that Panthers defense is really good, so I can excuse some of the mistakes that he made. Um, he did throw for I believe two touchdowns though, so that's pretty it's pretty all right. Uh, Joe Burrow, I'm gonna give him an A. That was a, a, a stellar performance, in my opinion, uh, against that Vikings defense, leading them to uh, leading them to, to to getting that lead in the first place. Unfortunately, his defense couldn't um, stop him from going into overtime, but he maintained his composure and got that team the the W in overtime. So I'm gonna give him an A. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I'm going to give him an A+. He played absolutely phenomenal against this terrible defense, as expected. Um, He established a connection with his, you know, receiver uh, from – his former receiver from Bama uh, in Devontae Smith. And uh, that's good that they established that connection early. So I'm going to give him an A+. As far as for uh, Justin Fields and Trey Lance, they didn't play enough. I can't give them a grade. So – with that being said, that has been this week's episode of the Four Verticals podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did, especially all the week one talk, because Lord knows it was a lot. If I ever get a chance, right, I'm going to show you guys this this week's show notes um, much longer than the usual uh, show notes that I write, even though the, the my show notes aren't usually too long, but... uh. Yeah, this is a pretty long show notes. Um, Yeah, that's it for this week's episode. I got to get to class in 40 minutes. So I'm going to stop this recording and upload this as soon as possible. Uh, Take care and come back next week for another episode. Thank you.